1: spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer here's a camping hack from ll bean to make your next trip the best yet tired of your tentmates flashlights shining in your eyes in camp bring an empty half gallon milk jug or clear water bottle simply strap a headlamp around it and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light
2: for more camping hacks visit youtube.com llbean ll
1: bean ll bean be an outsider
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of The Rap right here on the Fike Media Network. I'm Keila Cash, and by my side, as always, is my right hand man, my co captain, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Ron Wagner. I bring to you, on this particular occasion, a brand new nickname he has deemed himself worthy of. I bring to you, late Scott Young. Welcome back, Tardy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so i guess that's for all those times you broke me you got me before i even get to say a word on the show um first of all uh a couple things <laughs> keel it's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things wwe with you yes i, I am a little tardy um you know this isn't a i a, a don't be tardy for the party though you know it's not not one of those type shows i uh ran a little late from work but i'm here you know, I'm still sounding good. Let's hope Bray Mysterio doesn't me out me <laughs> out the audio system. I'm excited to have our guest on. This is one of my favorite shows of the year. Um, and I'm really excited to hand out Avon. I'm very excited to hand out Avon because it's a, a new <laughs> meaning to it. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a great show. Great show.
3: My co-host dropped a hint because tonight... Today, This morning, whenever you're listening to this show on your early Monday morning, it is the 2022 Rap Awards, the second annual best and worst of WWE right here on the rap. And by our side today is a man that was a part of the first annual award show last year for the rap. And we promise you we will try to keep this under two hours. But you never know with us, we tend to get crazy During award show season. But I bring to you, as always, another member of the Fike Media family. I present to you Stephen Conway. Welcome back, Stephen, OG of the Rap Fam.
2: Thank you so much for having me back. I'm very excited to be here. I'm also a little relieved, Keela. I have to say, when you first started introducing him as Late Scott, I thought, is this a memorial show that we're doing instead of uh, the award <laughs> show? I thought maybe some tragedy had befallen Scott. And then when his voice came up, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Okay, we're all right. So, uh, but yeah, and, and I'm, I'm proud to say that I rented the same tux as last year. Still fits.
3: That is lovely, and the fact that you thought this was. <laughs> The Scott Young.
2: It's the late Scott Young. I'm like, oh, he my, thought he, God. He thought my swan song was last week. Listen check. I haven't checked Twitter for hours. What happened? Stephen said this Young. dude's on that radio call in boys. This must be it for him. He, he said the, Lakers. Said the Lakers finally killed him.
3: Oh, oh wow. The late Scott Young Memorial Special right here on the rap. <laughs> but,
2: the Lakers, Lakers woe finally killed Scott. Rest in peace,
3: my man. Well, speaking of the Lakers, you know, <laughs> as, as as always here on the wrap, I present to you the weekly Western Conference standings for the NBA, and cool um, <laughs> I'm
1: cool with it. Listen, listen, <laughs> I am happy with where we are. We picked up a nice win over Denver. Um, AD's starting to be a man. You know, he's at he's starting to cough and still wanting to play, even though he coughs. So <laughs> we're we're making progress. Uh, LeBron has accepted his role as an, as the number two Westbrook's getting triple doubles off the bench. I'm happy with where we are. We should be on a three game winning streak. We gave a couple away. I'm happy with where we are. Steph ain't even playing.
3: You know, you ain't got to rub it in my face to tell me that he's out for the next several weeks with a shoulder injury as the Warriors are 11th in the conference. The Lakers Ooh. are 12th in the conference trying to catch up to the Timberwolves, the, Ma- the Mavericks, the Jazz, and the Clippers in the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th position. And, yeah, the Warriors are 14 and 16. The Lakers are 12 and 16. I'm coming. Uh, you, you probably will this week. You probably will try to climb out of that gutter you're in right now and try to beat the Suns in the next couple of days. Good luck to you.
2: Well, my you Chicago Bulls are resting in eleventh spot in the East, so uh, we're all in the same uh, boats here. Just sitting at eleven and seventeen, a game and a half out of the playoffs, and uh, or the playoff of the play-in tournament there with uh, Chase in Toronto. So, hopefully, Alonzo uh, Ball can help us out a little bit. But in the meantime, I think all of us are uh, on the outside looking in at the moment.
3: I have some breaking news for you, Stephen. Okay. I believe Lonzo's out for the season.
2: I wow. know. I was just joking. But I mean, that, that was the whole thing. It was like, oh, you see, we're, we're going to get it. We're, we're going to get it back. We're going to get it back. No, we're not going to get him back. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, it's going to have to be Levine. Good <sighs> luck. Good luck to you.
1: That guy had a great season. Last- Listen, let me tell you something. Zach Levine's a great score, but you, you need more than that. Like, you just, and, I, you know, I would love to have DeRozan. Give me DeRozan for Westbrook.
2: Oh hell no! No 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 no! We've talked. I, I have had this discussion. I have had this discussion about DeRozan for Westbrook, and I don't want any part of it. Well, here's here's my thing with that. We wouldn't. Like, we also wouldn't be able to afford another player for the next five seasons if we took on that contract. Forget it. No, you're stuck with him. Well, I, I, listen. I think he's great
1: off the bench. He's a great six man. He'll probably win six man of the year or at least be in the top three. So I'm I'm cool with keeping him, but. Chicago's not going nowhere. We, we, we might be. I think we're going. We're going to the playoffs. I don't see why it hurts. Chicago might as well tank and try and get over seven seven coming. You know the seven seven Curry that's coming in the draft.
2: Well, the way we shoot in the uh, last three minutes of uh, close games, I think uh, that plan is already in place. <laughs> don't worry, we shoot the same way at the free throw line, especially if AD's there. I'm telling you, uh, Brian is doing everything but passing to the lovables when it's uh, about three minutes to go.
3: This conversation is taking several turns. Trade negotiations going down <laughs> in real time on the wrap. May our teams try to succeed in the next week. And we'll report back in a couple of weeks as we're going to take the following week off as we marinate for Christmas Day. But until then, let's briefly touch on some WWE scoops from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT before diving into the 2022 Rap Awards. So I want to briefly dive into Monday Night Raw from this past week. And Alexa Bliss is now the number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship. She beat Bailey, And as I feared a couple of weeks ago, this match wasn't going to do much for me because her matches never do anything for me. It's all in water. The chemistry between her and Bailey doesn't do much for Moi. It was all right. She wins. Via Twisted Bliss after Becky Lynch eliminates Io Sky and Dakota Kai from this matchup and Bianca Belair prevents Bailey from cheating by using the exposed turnbuckle to her advantage. But it's all about the post-match when Bianca Belair is going to shake Alexa Bliss's hand, wish her luck. Alexis is, bring it in. Give me a hug. And then she puts Bianca in position for Sister Abigail, because there's the Wyatt graphic flickering on the big screen. Mm -hmm. It's a moment. Everybody says, oh, my goodness, what's happening here? The one time the Milwaukee crowd was up all night because they were dead, the majority of the show. And that was something. So I'm intrigued by this, Scott. Are you intrigued by Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship with a possible Alexa Bliss heel turn coming with her possible, most likely reunion with Bray Wyatt?
1: Yeah, so a couple things. First of all, so when Alexa Bliss puts whoever in the Sister Abigail setup, do they just like are they just frozen? They can't move? <laughs> like Bianca couldn't have just grabbed her by the neck and be like, "Girl, what is wrong with you? Are you serious?" Cuz when I was look when I looked at it, I saw Bianca and she wasn't flexing, but she just had her arm bent and her bicep was bigger than Alexa Bliss. So <laughs> I'm having a little bit of a hard time understanding why bianca didn't just yank that girl by her hair and say "Uh uh-uh like she do and then be like yo do you know who you messing with like seriously what are we doing man like i i I hated it and and that's all i thought about when i watched it was why is bianca just sitting there letting her do this like what and then and then all of a sudden she just when alexa snaps out of it bianca snaps out of it and and moves like what what? No, 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 no. Not not feeling it. I, may, And maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm thinking too deep into it. But y'all not y'all not doing the, the voodoo and all that stuff with Bianca, man. Not not Bianca. Not feeling it.
3: Now, we're not going to bring back Thunderdome voodoo child Alexa Bliss, because I will have a fit on this show repeatedly. So we cannot have that on the rap every single week. I'll be broken in many, many ways. Now, when you put logic to what happened, Scott, I will agree with you. That was dumb. Bianca Belair, you can just hop out of that move, hit your finisher and say, bitch, please. But none of that happened. She just stood (laughs) there frozen in time. And then Alexa Bliss was the one to snap out of her trance saying, oops, my bad friend. I don't know what got over me. Steven, can you turn off your brain and 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 accept what happened or do you have to turn on your brain and say, you know what? This shit was ridiculous.
2: I, this is unanimous. I don't want this. I don't want to look at this. I don't want to see more of this. I had more than my fill of it during the Thunderdome thing. I'm not a big fan of the supernatural stuff in wrestling. I don't find it amusing. I don't find it interesting. And this, the idea of Alexa bliss going back to that feels like a step back for both her the show in more ways than one so i'm not on board i i totally agree it looks ridiculous it's it just takes you out of everything and uh it's just not my idea of being entertained in pro wrestling anyway i just don't want to see it so i i I feel like we're headed there whether we want to go there or not uh there is some sort of i probably the merchandise department that has a bray wyatt fetish in that company because he sells a lot of it so i guess because People keep buying those T-shirts. We got to look at this stuff. But we're going to get to Bray Wyatt during the awards area and uh, in the awards uh, part of the show, too. But it's I I dread this because I feel like it's that's exactly where it's going. And it's about the last place I want it to be.
3: I'm mixed because when I see Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt together, I do see chemistry. They work well together. If they eliminate the magic and voodoo, I'm good. If they bring it in here, I'm going to hate it. That's my fear. If you keep it kind of low-key, I can accept this reunion. I just don't want any voodoo or magical elements that's going to take me out of the moment. But it's WWE. I can't trust them completely with this. We'll see how it goes, but I think it's unanimous. This segment was a choice, not a good one by WWE, but I will say this. I do like Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair in this matchup. They work really great together. I think back to their chemistry during the 2020 women's warrior rumble loved their interactions, love what they did elimination chamber as well. So I have hopes for the matchup, but anything voodoo related, I'm scared as hell. I don't have a
1: problem with magic. I just don't need to see Bianca stuck in a time warp <laughs> while, while Alexa bliss is, is, is dozed is dazed off. Like I, I not Bianca, man, you can do that. You got so many other people you could be doing that with. Just not Bianca.
3: Agreed. As we segue to the main event of Monday Night Raw involving Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley in a number one contenders match for the United States Championship. This match was very good. Once again, between both guys, a lot of fun near fall. Seth was a madman going for dive after dive on Bobby Lashley. Lashley was manhandling Seth at various points as well. But it comes down to Bobby Lashley spooking the referee long enough for Seth to counter a spear into a pedigree for the win. After the match is over, Bobby takes out a couple of referees by accident. And Adam Pierce, scrap daddy, is going to come out there and confront Bobby Lashley. There are some ex- expletives bleeped out of the show for reasons. And Adam Pierce, who says you know what? My hands are tied. There's only so much I can do. So you are now apparently at the top of the food chain to fire people in WWE. And he fired Bobby Lashley out of nowhere. A shock conclusion to Monday Night Raw only for this decision to be rescinded a day later because he says cooler heads prevail. So Adam, my dog, um, who are you to fire anybody? What authority do you have to even do such a thing? The powers that be who are above you are supposed to make that decision and then you walk it back less than a day later. Please, as a WWE official, explain yourself by way of Stephen. <laughs>
2: Well, this is something I guess they did just for shock value on the show right there to end it on a cliffhanger, but I don't think anybody really buys the hirings and firings anyway. I think they've done this with Brock Lesnar, they've done it with other people, you're fired, and then poof, they're back in about a month, so... I don't know if they just decided the next day, well, well, we'll end the show on a cliffhanger and then we'll say, well, we didn't really mean it." he's back. And uh, but I mean, it's I'm looking forward to more Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley matches, at least uh, because I think those two are, are both really talented and at least we'll be getting more of that. But it, it is kind of funny that Adam Pearce is uh, full of both piss and vinegar to fire Bobby Lashley. And then on Friday, Meekly walks into the dressing room of the bloodline and says, I was summoned uh, which was a quote from him. I was <laughs> summoned when uh, Roman sent a, uh, sent a uh, Haman, I guess. And then Haman sent a lackey. This thing got outsourced. I don't know who ended up actually going to Adam Pierce and saying that uh, Roman wants to see you, but he walks meekly in there, but he stands up to and fires Bobby Lashley. So a little inconsistent there. Adam is uh, either feeling his Wheaties or he isn't. And he was on Monday and he was not on Friday.
3: After calling Wanda Rousey, the biggest bitch he's ever worked with. And now he's, <laughs> Well, that might have been a... between that might not have been sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now he's vacillating between firing Bobby Lashley unfiring firing him, and walking like a neutered puppy into the Bloodline's office to issue matches, and then walking away when Solo runs up on him. Adam, easy. it is not
2: easy being Adam Pierce. Not easy being Adam Pearce. It... Being Adam Pearce.
3: I, I adore him in his role, but sometimes what he's given is another <laughs> choice, and it's not good. But your thoughts, Scott on the firing in kayfabe and the unfiring of bobby lashley in under 24 hours i might need some reparations that's that's what i'm thinking
1: (laughs) i might i might need some reparations so ronda rousey can put her hands all on you you know put you in an arm bar and have you looking like a looking soft you know looking looking ready to pee on yourself but bobby Bobby get upset and you fire that man. I'm I might need some reparations out of Adam Pierce. We might need to talk. I might. Where Cody at? I, I I might need Cody Luther King to come over here and moderate a conversation. Um, so I I, I thought it, it felt very abrupt. It felt very out of nowhere. Um, especially when it happened. Like I. First of all, I just I would like to just comment on the match. I like the fact that Rollins won with the pedigree, the pedigree counter out of the spear. I, I always appreciate when people win with something other than their finisher with a move, like a move that they hit in other matches. I like when they win with that every now and then. So just a small thing. But the firing was cool. The unfiring was not cool. Like I was a little intrigued with what was going to happen. And now that that story is over, it's like, okay, so what was the point? Stupid. Why? I like... Why wouldn't you just keep that until Monday and then we hear from Adam Pierce about Bobby Lashley? I wanted to know what was going on. So I I I was intrigued, and now it's just like, who cares?
3: I don't care. You solve this via the internet a day right. later. Right. I don't care about the firing. I don't care about your private conversations that will play out on Monday Night Raw. I just want Bobby versus Brock Three at the Royal Rumble. Call it a day and we're done. So thanks a lot for wasting our time via this firing that did not mean anything a day later. And I have to call out someone now while I'm here on the wrap with the mic in my hand. I have tried for the last two months to show grace, to show respect and patience. But on this day, I do declare, Kevin Patrick sucks at his job as the lead Raw announcer, bring back Jimmy Smith. Do I have any yays or nays to this?
2: I guess you- the, the, the my thought is that I don't, I did not understand why Jimmy Smith was let go in the first place. I, I didn't feel like he was doing a bad job at all, and it came as a surprise to me. I'm, I'm not, it's very difficult to do a good job in that role with the way they have their announcers behave. Uh, And the way they portray their announcers, it's difficult, really difficult to be good at it. And uh, just because even without Vince screaming in your ear like they used to have, I don't know what it's like back there now, if it's any different or any better or any calmer on on it, but the way they want their announcers to act. It really makes it difficult to actually be good at it. I thought Smith did as well as anybody. I, I didn't see the need to replace him unless it was behind the scenes stuff or just agreements. They didn't couldn't come to, but uh, I'd be perfectly happy getting Smith back and have Patrick back in his old role. Cause I, I do think he was better at the backstage interview thing than he is at this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Kevin, Kevin's not very good. Vic's not very good. Um, this is really where you like, I'm gonna tell you who would be perfect right here, and that's old oh boy that's in impact right now. Um what's uh what's the announcer that? what's the lead play by play guy that's in impact now that was uh with the WWE? former Tom Phillips. That's it. Tom yeah. Phillips. Yes. I think Tom Phillips would be a, a great fit right now. Um and like Michael Cole just can't you you can't overexpose Michael Cole. People don't like Michael Cole as This I don't. I don't have a problem with Michael Cole, but I'm just that's just how it is. And, but you don't want to overexpose him. But they don't have anybody else, man. And it almost be like it's almost like you need Michael Cole for the three hour show, but you w- you want Michael Cole on your most viewed show. So it's they they are in a bit of a pickle when it comes to that lead announcer, man. They might need to go and just open the bag
3: up for Tom or call Morrow, maybe. I I'm not opposed hey, to it. Hey, hey, why not? Have him and Corey Kumbaya out and get him on as a lead announcer. Pay him once a week. You're not doing pay per views. Do it. That would be my answer to this question because Kevin Patrick just sounds very weird as a lead announcer. It's just not authentic in my estimation. And I'm trying here, but he's failed.
0: Go to your Happy Prize, Priceline.
3: As you move on to NXT, ever so briefly, uh, we were about to give Von Wagner an award, and he avoided disaster by <laughs> reverting his hair back to its original form. So no cornrows this week, thank the Lord. But the highlight of NXT was Roxanne Perez versus Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship. This match was originally supposed to take place at New Year's Evil. On Tuesday, January 10th, which is apparently New Year's Day, nine days later. So this match was good. And the ending was surprising with Roxanne Perez winning the championship for Mandy Rose. And in hindsight, Mandy looked less than thrilled about losing because she was about to be fired less than 12 hours later. And because of some things she was posting on her fantime page That's why she lost her gig. And I feel for her to a point because when WWE openly sexualizes you for over a year and you want to make bank by having agency over how you sell yourself to other people in a very monetary way that makes sense for you, you do you. You hustle, you make your money. But if you are crossing lines, because WWE is a family company, and they warn you more than one time and you say, whatever, I'm making more money here than there. Then you have to do with the consequences. I'm not going to do think pieces for WWE and go into the history of misogyny. We'll be here all night. We know the story. We're here in 2022 right now. And if she wants to continue this avenue of promoting her brand in her own way, good for her. But I'm not crying because she's making more money than me. So good for Mandy Steven.
2: Yeah, and, and this goes into the whole argument of how much control they exert over people who they also claim to be independent contractors. So that gets into a whole other argument that someday is probably going to be settled in court, and uh, but that's all to come. Uh, like you said... She did push the envelope on that website, which is her right to do, uh, and it's also probably wWE's right to just say, "Well, we have sponsors that aren't totally comfortable with everything you're doing on there." And if there was a warning given and a warning ignored, well, then you know you, you know, there you go. I felt anyway that Mandy Rose storyline wise, I felt for months that she's done everything she can do in NXT as the champion, and that it was time to move on from her. Anyway, this was not a knock against Mandy Rose. I thought she did a fine job. Uh, She got a ton of interview time. She got a ton of camera time, uh, far more than she would have gotten on the main roster. And I think she carried it pretty well. I also think that that had run its course. And I thought it was time to put the thing on a baby face. Zoe Stark, when she came back from the knee injury, I thought it was set up perfectly. They still didn't pull the trigger on that because WWE has this fetish about long-term heel champions. Mostly because they haven't the slightest idea how to book a baby face, no matter who seems to be in charge. So they've been stuck with Mandy for a long time. And and they said Mandy hasn't done a poor job, but it is time for someone else to carry that title. I figured they were probably going to switch it at New Year's Evil anyway and put it on Roxanne. But then I've thought that three or four times that they were ready to move on from Mandy and maybe they weren't. But uh, so I'm excited about seeing the new blood in there. Now it can be the heels always start chasing the baby face, Roxanne Perez is champion. I'd imagine that's where it's going to go eventually anyway, unless Zoe just goes straight up to the main roster. But, it, you know, it, it's a shame too, because what you would have had is Mandy coming off 15 months of being the focal point of an entire division, back to the main roster where she's improved some in the ring, but improved a lot in terms of her personality, her comfortable or comfort with doing promos and she could have been a force on the main roster. She might still, most of these things end up working out and they end up coming back together for, for uh, down the road a little bit. And I still think there's some money in her going back to the main roster and doing something. And hopefully they can work that out. Uh, You know, I, I think she did solid work as the heel champion there and, uh, you know, Roxanne Perez, I think it'll be a nice breath of fresh air. So in the end, I think they got where they were going to go anyway, but it, it did take that twist and turn. And hopefully Mandy can come out of this. All right.
3: Agreed. I don't think she's out of the game just yet. I think that she'll be back in WWE one day. It has got to sort through their issues, which yeah. pretty big right now. I can understand mm-hmm. why they let her go, but at the same time, you know, she is making bank. We'll see how long that'll last. She had to up her sub fee every month understandable during this time and I think that she's not going to suffer for it in the in the short term we'll see how it goes long term when she's not making bank regularly for WWE if she misses wrestling at some point she wants to go back we'll see how it goes for her and, and you have to think about other companies too and their rules and protocols when it comes to the side hustles regarding this particular venture that she's a part of and Scott and I talked about this during our Patreon show that that will drop very soon but his brief thoughts on the championship change and Manny's departure from WWE as well.
1: I think it's going to be a bit of a loss just because WWE doesn't, I mean, they really don't have a lot of depth when you think about it for the women's division. And I think she would have been a nice breath of fresh air, especially her with toxic attraction on the main roster. So yeah, I think her departure is going to hurt Uh, Roxanne. This was, this was going to happen. Everyone saw this happening. Uh, She's clearly the future of that company. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen with her. Um, I just want everyone to prepare themselves and get ready because is not going to be in NXT for long. I, I just don't, I feel like you just, she's way too talented and too good to be there for that long. We need to prepare ourselves for a Cora J title reign coming because she will be the one to beat Roxanne whenever that happens.
3: Now, this time last year, I was a Cora Jade advocate. I was right or die, like, go, Cora, go. And then every time she had a title match, they kept adding people. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, my confidence is waning a little bit. I don't know if she's ready yet. And it's been a year. So I'm praying that when she does have this championship match, it's actually one on one and not a fatal four way or a six pack challenge to cover for her. Cause at some point the training wheels have to come off and you have to stand on your own. And I pray that happens for her very, very soon. Cause home girl had two chances in the last year (laughs) and they kept adding people to her goddamn matches choices i it felt like seth rollins winning that ladder match and they kept adding people to that championship (laughs) match with biggie like i won a ladder match bitches and you're adding bobby and brock and kevin you fuckers but yeah
2: now scott i I do want to ask this and i i agree that cora is going to get shots at and uh, it, it just makes sense. The Cora and, and Roxanne would be a thing. But do you feel like that's because Zoe's going to go up? Because it looks like they're trying to make Zoe the heel lead on NXT. Do you, you don't think she's going to be the one that takes it off of her?
1: No, I, I think Zoe's going to be the one. I think I think they are setting Zoe up to be kind of the top heel, but I think it's more so to get that great match. Because you're not going to get a great match out of Cora. You're just you're just mm. not gonna you're not gonna get that, but yeah. you can get a great match out of Zoe Stark and Roxanne for that title. You know, especially if you build Zoe Stark up as this dominant, just kind of killer heel, and Roxanne continues to be this strong underdog baby. She, I don't even know if she's that much of an underdog because she, she's just a strong babyface. So if you build that up right, you're gonna build it up to a great match. You're not gonna get that with core. I think I think that's the difference with the two, but. You're not wrong though, because Zoe would Zoe would be a great heel champion for them to kind of build around. Because I don't I don't really see a lot for her on the main roster. For Zoe? Yeah, for Zoe Stark. Like I don't I don't I don't really see a lot for her because I don't think her personality is that great. Like, I don't think she would Ooh, stand oh, out. I that.
2: don't know. I gotta disagree with you on that. I thought she's I thought great she's in the ter- ring. Yeah, I, I think she's terrific in some of those segments. So I think, I, I, I think she's actually a decent. Like in some of the skits they do, I think she's a deep. She her acting is fairly decent on there. I don't know. I, I I think she's gonna do better than you think she might.
1: Okay. I, I hope so because I I think she's really good in the ring. Like she she can do some
3: great stuff in the ring. So I I hope so. She's a great hybrid wrestler, a great striker, great flyer. Promo work is a question mark still for me, but we'll see how it goes. I think she's main roster ready, but it's all about the personality and connecting with the people, which is so important when you make that transition from NXT to the main rosters, hoping that works out for her very soon. As we quickly move on to Friday Night SmackDown on Fox going down Friday night from The Shy, Chi, Chicago, Illinois. And a highlight was Gunther versus Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. This match was absolutely Awesome to watch. The chemistry was everything better than the previous match on SmackDown several months prior. So, so good. Ricochet, my God, this guy has been on a run over the last few months. The trust has been rebuilt between himself and Triple H. Go, Ricochet, go. Go, Puma, go. Like Michael Cole dropped that line. I heard you, sir. <laughs> Your Lucha Underground knowledge should be should be respected and acknowledged I just adore this match, and Gunther is a great champion. My only caveat, I need more PLEs from Gunther defending that championship next year. We'll get it, I believe, but the television matches have not missed yet. From Rey Mysterio to Ricochet to Sheamus, nothing but banger after banger after banger to quote Sheamus. So, Scott, your thoughts on Gunther versus Ricochet for the IC title this past Friday on SmackDown?
1: just another great match in the Gunther's belt. Um, He's continuing to uh, build a gauntlet of great matches. He's showing why Vince McMahon had no idea what he was talking about when it comes to Gunther um, because he is, he's a great champion. Um, I got to see him live with my son a couple, uh, a few weeks ago and they came for a live event and he's great in person. Like just seeing him move, it's, he just got a different vibe to him. He hit. I mean, he hits hard. I I love everything about it. And Ricochet is the, the perfect underdog, or for, perfect babyface, I should say, to counter Gunther because he can fly and move so quickly and just keep creating all this movement. So then, when Gunther does land that big blow, it's like holy hell, you know. And Ricochet sells it like he's been shot. So it's it's a great combination right there. Um, ricochet can take the losses especially after coming up big in the world cup it's just now it's like who do you who what baby faces what strong baby faces do you have to keep feeding gunther until you have that person that you want to take the title like seamus is a guy could that could potentially take the title i want to see the cena match that that should happen uh the brock match is something that's been talked about so you have these big matchups but who are going to be the in-betweens? You know, Ricochet is a great in-between. Braun Strowman's got to happen. So I'm guessing that's an in-between. But they need people ready to be to feed Gunther. Like, you need to be building up some undercard babyfaces to feed this guy.
3: Agreed. And that will be the key to his successful run as champion moving forward. Great babyfaces that can take the L's and still stay strong because Gunther right now is that guy – and it's a blast to have him and Roman Reigns on the same show being dominant champions at the exact same time. So, Stephen, your thoughts on Gunther versus Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship this past Friday on SmackDown? You hit the
2: nail on the head as far as their chemistry goes. These two work very well together. And they go back a little bit to the independent days with Valter and, and Ricochet. But this one was probably the best I've seen and certainly the best in WWE. They really hit all the notes. And I really enjoyed it. One of the issues, Scott, you mentioned who's coming up. One of the biggest problems that WWE has in their booking right now is that they don't build anyone up, really. What they do is they just throw a whole bunch of people in a match and just say, the winner of this fatal five way is now the number one contender. Poof, hey, look, we have a title match. They don't build anyone. And it's one of the reasons that hardly any of the baby faces are over. There are a few ways they could go with Gunther going forward. I'm rooting for the Brock match at WrestleMania. I just want to see that match. And I hope that Triple H is smart enough to realize that he needs to put Gunther over. Because if you do that, you have a bona fide main event star going forward out of him. And he's on the cusp of that. The fans certainly take him seriously. They just need to kind of give him that extra push, that big win. And he's gotten wins as the Intercontinental Champion, certainly, but he needs that that big one over someone who is perceived to be a bigger deal than him. That That's what hasn't quite happened yet. Sheamus was close, and we're going to talk about that match a little later. It's just a matter of uh, who are they going to get that's going to give him that extra boost. One of the ways to do it is to build a babyface, but they don't really build babyfaces. They just kind of have a big schmoz match and just say, oh, look, we got a contender now. So... Uh, Until they change that and actually get somebody saying this is the guy and then put a few months in the building, uh, that's going to be a challenge. I think it might have to be somebody that's uh, perceived at a higher level that Gunther goes over. And Brock's kind of the perfect chance to do that, whether they'll actually do it or not. Uh, We'll see. I'm hoping that they'll recognize that. And I guess we're going to find out in a couple months. I mean, they already know. I, I guarantee you that the WrestleMania card is written down somewhere and we just haven't seen it yet so they know if they're going to do it or not i hope I, I hope we i hope we get to see it
3: me too and i would love to see gunther get that big win over a brock lesnar at a wrestlemania that'd be a big statement victory for him to say he's beat one of the beasts if not the beast in wwe and now we got to talk about the bloodline and sammy Zayn leveling up In the looks department, my guy was rocking a man bun on Friday, hair up, slick, looking good, beard trimmed. He thought this was the night he's going to be no more, or shall I say no longer, an honorary ooze. He would be a full-blown ooze. He would be Sammy Uso at long last. But Roman has got an axe to grind with one Kevin Owens, and therefore Sammy can't get that name just yet. He cannot be a part of the bloodline officially, despite the Usos wanting it to happen. So there will be a tag team match going down on Friday, December 30th, live at Tampa, Florida, the final SmackDown of the Year, involving Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn teaming up versus Kevin Owens and a mystery partner of his choosing. And this mystery partner appeared on screen out of nowhere via satellite in the form of John Cena because John has had a match every year for the last 20 years. And he's going to keep that tradition alive on the last SmackDown of the year. The ratings will be bananas and I would love to see this matchup. But Steven, your prediction as to what's going to happen on the last SmackDown of the year involving Cena and Owens versus Reigns and Sami Zayn.
2: I've been thinking about this since the match was announced and I was trying to figure out how they were going to book this thing. And I am really having trouble deciding which way they're going to go. Are they going to go the Survivor Series route where Sammy really turns it on and does something to Kevin Owens? Probably not to Cena, I bet they protect him. Uh, to to get a win and prove once again that he is, you know, the full-blown ooze? Or is it just a matter of it's it'll be a big tag team match and because Sammy's not the protected guy. He's the one that takes the fall. I, I kind of lean that way that it'll probably be the happy ending of John Cena and Kevin Owens getting the win on Sammy and not on Roman. Thus muddying the waters for Sammy within the bloodline and making giving him a little bit more to prove as the storyline goes towards inevitable conclusion uh once again Sammy seems to be the only person to realize that doesn't realize he's driving toward a cliff here but uh it, I kind of have a feeling that for the last one of the year it'll be the baby face finish with cena coming back uh that's where I'm leaning right now but put a percentage on it it's only like 65 or 70 percent I don't, I don't feel great about that prediction as far as confidence goes.
3: I get it. I feel that Sammy has now entered the danger zone of the storyline. It's not going to end well. I think it starts on the 30th I sense him taking the fall yeah. and this will be the beginning of the end of Sami Zayn and the reunion will be ongoing between himself and his former best friend Kevin Owens. So Scott, your takes on what you think is going to happen during the final Smackdown of the year involving this tag team match.
1: I take it a step further. I think Sami Zayn ends up hitting Roman Reigns in some way shape or form, whether it's a hell of a kick or a some way there is some type of miscommunication, and, and Sammy puts hands on Roman, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's kind of some somewhere that's going to be where this starts. And Roman's like, "Yo, you, you put hands on me, bro!" Like, because you, that's you don't do that. Um And yeah, I I, I absolutely think Cena is going to pick up a win. He's his only match of the year. Yeah, he's that dude is not going to come back. Y'all not going to let me win my time. Yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming. I'm not coming back. What do you mean? I'm good. <laughs> That dude's definitely gonna pick up the win, but I like you. I, I think like you both have said, it's it's about how that comes about. So I really think Sammy puts hands on Roman, obviously on accident, um, going after Kevin Owens because then that can play into a little bit of the conspiracy of oh, well maybe you maybe you gave tell Kevin Owens to move out the way, and that's how right. that's why he moved, and that's why you hit me. So that's what I, that's where I think I'm leaning a little bit. Um, Miscommunication. Sammy hits uh, Roman, and it, maybe even Kevin Owens gets the pin. Maybe Kevin KO pins him, but I, I think Cena pins him. But uh, yeah, that's where I'm going.
3: I have Kevin pinning Sammy to get him back for Survivor Series, mm, yeah. securing a shot at Roman at the Royal Rumble, and this will be the beginning of the end of Sammy Zayn as a part of the Bloodline. And all I keep looking at is Solo Sokoa looking very dangerous and deadly. Because he's gonna maul Sammy, and I think Jimmy and Jay might cry before joining in on the beatdown.
1: Jimmy and Jay are definitely gonna give the Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry, I mm-hmm. love you, and then super kick them.
3: <laughs> I feel it too. It's gonna be a sad, sad day. I'm gonna have my Kleenex on standby, but it's gonna be beautiful because Kevin Owens is gonna be there for his best friend when he needs him the most, and that reunion. Will be everything, preferably in Mont- in Montreal, but we shall see. And now, it is time to pull out your Sunday's best, <laughs> wear your finest tux. Got my tux on as well. I'm very comfortable today as we celebrate the best and worst of WWE for the year 2022 via the second annual rap awards. We are voted. We have made our decisions to celebrate the stars, the shows, the matches that stood out for all of the right and sometimes wrong reasons. And now we're going to start our way from the bottom to the top. Let's celebrate the trash. <laughs> that was the year in WWE. Our first award is the worst match of the year the match that made us angry that disgusted us that made us wonder what the hell are we watching so i'm going to give this to my co-captain first scott out of all of wwe for the year 2022 what is the dirt worst match of the year
1: well uh i can definitely tell you that top dollar definitely
3: tried to put his name in the hat for that (laughs)
1: Um, <laughs> I would also like to give a shout-out to Rhonda and Shotzi because they surely tried to win this award as well. But there was nothing worse than watching Vince McMahon beat Pat McAfee in that slogfest awful thing at WrestleMania. So that is my worst match of the year, Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon.
3: A fine selection for trash shit from WWE. Steven, your pick.
2: I actually had something very, very similar there. The Vince and Pat thing. I wasn't sure if it counted just because it was so short and impromptu and things. But I did have that down as like truly a, a horrible thing to have to watch right there. I had... A couple of things, you know, it's almost a compliment to WWE that I, other than Vince versus Pat, I had to struggle with this one a little bit. We saw some bad matches, no question about that. But as far as anything that really stood out as offensively awful, I actually had a little bit of trouble finding something, you know, on, on NXT, sometimes they put people out there that clearly aren't ready. I I don't like tearing people down for that because it's not the worker's fault that, uh, dollar store cowboy, Sean Michaels puts people out there before they're ready. And he isn't the first, I mean, they, they were doing that before, uh, dollar store cowboy came in there and, uh, he had his, uh, brought his, his pile, his, his backed up the truck of distraction finishes to, uh, feed us a steady diet of, and in his time as a, as a NXT booker. And, uh, you know, so uh, by default, I mean, Electro Lopez versus Saul Ruka were two women that just shouldn't have been in the ring at the time they weren't ready yet and that was a pretty tough one to watch again Elektra and Saul not particularly their fault they were in when they shouldn't have been and they put them on national television anyway but uh, that's kind of where I go where the painful moments of watching WWE is when you're watching people set up to fail like that and and that frustrates me so well it's not necessarily the wrestler's fault it's wwe's worst matches are those where where they just use tv time on people that ought to be on the coconut circuit
3: i feel you you know how i feel about green on green it mm-hmm. never works and it was a bad match but i will say this for Soruka, she's improving fast yeah and in a hurry and her future's bright mm-hmm. and i love that for her She's still on TV a little bit too soon for me, but the improvement is there, and I can see the vision in two to three years. I totally, totally do. Oh, yeah, and man, I did have the a same thing up. happened
2: with Tiffany Stratton. She was awful mm-hmm. in her, her clean up, you know, and she she was wearing the boots and she was clumsy in those because it would didn't let her do her gymnastics part of it. And she's turned it around too. Again, I, I I just hope it doesn't come out that I'm trying to knock those two. It wasn't their fault. It was just WWE doing something to them that it shouldn't have. So pardon me.
3: Oh, I agree with you completely because I feel the exact same way. And Tiffany Stratton was on my list for a minute, not her fault, but it was how they push her, but she picked it up fast, got better quickly, got a better character to boot. No longer daddy's girl. And she's been elevated ever since. She'll be back very soon. I can't wait to see what she's going to do in the new year. Cause I think she is another one that will be a difference maker in NXT and ultimately the main roster for years to come. A runner up was actually Lash Legend versus Indy Hartwell on nxt Mm. when indy completely whiffed on the elbow drop off the top rope i think that was the last time she ever tried that move and ever since then she's tried to be a power-based wrestler which still isn't her strong suit but the actual worst match of the year for me i will have to co-sign with my co-captain It's Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon at WrestleMania night two. Pat McAfee goes from having a really good match against Austin Theory to this absolute wreck of a match against Vince McMahon. And what really frustrated me was that we were warned weeks, if not a month in advance, it's going to be Vince versus Pat. Like, no, no, it's a cover. It's Theory being the proxy. I'll take that. And we had it. And then we still get this goddamn match and it's awful and Pat has to sell and he has to get beat down by an old man. Like, what am I watching? Stone Cold tries to save it and then Vince takes the worst stunner of all time and we all laugh because it was such shit. The only redeemable aspect of this segment besides the beer party and Austin Theory taking a stunner 15 feet in the air. But before that, This match was absolute garbage, and it was unnecessary. Then Vince is telegraphing Stone Cold's entrance before he's ready, so it was all bad, 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 trash match for the year 2022.
1: Like we said, like we like we talked about, Keila. Well, we talked about this on the Patreon. 2022 is the last time we talking about Vince McMahon. 2023, he up out of here. We ain't talking about him no
2: more.
3: Let's hope. Let's hope. We don't acknowledge him. As I said on our Patreon show, may you rest in piss. So I'm done with him. But unfortunately, he might come up again during this awards show. Oh, he will. In fact, probably right now. (laughs) Ironically enough, because he is going to get the last smoke of the year on this show. Our next category is the worst moment of the year the moment that is just going to be sullied and like what is this how did this make the air this is a low point for wwe so steven what is your worst moment you've seen on wwe television this year this is the
2: easiest category of the year for me and there are others in the good side that came very easily because there were some excellent things we saw this year worst moment of the year there isn't even a second place in my book when Vince McMahon made his appearances while all the scandals were coming out, and this jackass walks out on SmackDown, stands in the ring, and the fans chant, thank you, Vince, at a man who's been accused of multiple sexual assaults, who has abused his power, and paid off women to keep quiet about him abusing that power, all enough to get himself kicked out of his own company. And the fans are out there chanting, thank you, Vince. And WWE is presenting him as someone that we should be applauding for his years of service to the wrestling industry. Vince, you couldn't go away fast enough. You didn't have it for the last 10 or 15 years of your existence in in the top spot. You were bad at your job for the last decade and a half. It took too long to get you out. Don't let it hit you in the ass on the way out. It was vile. Sitting there, people saying thank you, Vince, to a guy who has been accused by multiple women of being a sexual predator. Disgusting. And this is from a company that takes Saudi Arabian blood money. And that's the second shittiest thing they did this year. It's horrendous. Hated it. And uh, I'm trying to, I need brain bleach to get Vince McMahon out of my mind.
3: Preach. And that was a word. Ladies and gentlemen. And this might be a unanimous category, if I'm not wrong, by the time the segment's over. So, Scott, your worst moment from WWE this year goes to? You know, I'm going to be honest. I, that
1: actually is the worst moment for, for by far, for sure. And I didn't even, I, for me, I had Sasha Banks, WWE letting Sasha Banks walk out the company. Um, but I, yeah, there's no question fans cheering and saying thank you that's that's way worse i completely forgot about the whole thank you vince the the, that part i completely forgot about so yeah i i changed my vote on spot i'm not even gonna we're we're just gonna unscrew the nameplate on there take that off and just hand out this trophy because it's a Razzie anyway so uh (laughs) we'll just write it with uh with a black sharpie he can have that so yeah vince gets this one too
3: I will make it unanimous. It was when Vince showed up on SmackDown and got a round of applause, a standing ovation, a thank you Vince chant, and they bowed to him. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, wrestling fans, this is why the real world look at us kind of funny because we do shit like this. This was appalling. This was embarrassing. It happened more than once on Monday Night Raw just for this man to get the pop, to get his ego stroked for five good minutes. It was absolutely embarrassing. And I hope we never see him on TV again. I don't want this guy at a Hall of Fame ceremony. I want him gone, period, from WWE. Thank you for your service. Thank you for my fandom. But outside of that, Kick rocks, be gone, never to be seen again. And the fans' behavior, not all of you, because I know some of y'all try to hold the line and say this is some bullshit, but we heard and we saw and we witnessed that repeatedly. It was not a good look. And even Stephanie appearing, my dad's retired, let's give him a round of applause. No, fuck him. Bye. Let him count his money on his sexy bitch yacht and be gone But oh no, let's praise him one more time before you throw dirt on him, rightfully so. But let's throw dirt on him and not celebrate him. But yeah, that was a trash moment by WWE, Vince McMahon being cheered after the sex payment scandals dropped courtesy of the Wall Street Journal. To continue with this trash segment of worst of moments in WWE, our final Razzie is going to be the worst feud and or storyline of the year. Scott, your selection.
1: I'm going to go with Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel as my worst feud of the year. Um, You have Kevin Owens, who just came off main eventing WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And what does Vince McMahon follow that up with? Not even Elias, (laughs) but his... His clean-shaved brother, who doesn't wear pants, easy kill. <laughs> so, yeah, easily my worst feud of the year.
3: Now, I kind of love this feud because it was so dumb. And Kevin <laughs> Owens getting gaslit every week was entertaining to me. The DNA test that Chad Gable ran was something. Then the light detector test that didn't detect shit was also quite genius. Otis eating evidence was
1: amusing to me this sounds like a guilty pleasure this sounds like something we might hear from you later on
3: (laughs) no 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 this won't win but there were elements of this feud that were fun even this past monday on raw when elias showed up to traumatize kevin again kevin says you son of a bitch you think i forgot you think i forgot what you did to me you and your brother allegedly tormented me for months and you want me to stand in your corner fuck you fuck you and your beard and your guitar and your non-talented ass get off my screen you piece of shit but yeah i I wish you would
1: have said that verbatim to him if he would
2: if he would have said that verbatim
1: to him that would have been the greatest promo in wwe history
2: there's there's a very old George Carlin line in the stand-up comic who you say fuck you and everybody who looks like you, and it really applies in the case of Elias. <laughs> that would work perfectly.
3: <laughs> Hell, we saw his family in that hospital room. So yeah, fuck you and your entire family. El El Eldrick, whatever, whatever Elrod, him, your dad, your mom, your auntie, your uncles, your cousins, fuck all y'all. <sighs> Gaslighting bitches, but I'm gonna let that go. Steven, your pick for well, worst feud of the year. Yeah,
2: my worst my worst feud story slash storyline of the year, this may have some recency bias to it, but it is one that has recently started up again. And for me, maybe I'm grumpy, but it's the Bray Wyatt thing, this whole return of Bray Wyatt. Now, I know that the fans are into it, and I know they're buying t-shirts, but this is just my subjective opinion on this. I can't stand this whole supernatural stuff. I'm not interested in it. And they bring Bray Wyatt back, and it was a good entrance. I, I got to say, when they, when he came back for the very first time, it was a good entrance. It was exciting. The fans enjoyed it. It has drug on and barely moved this story. And it, they're trying to get it going with L.A. Knight now, I suppose, is the poor guy that has to put this mediocrity over. And so... I thought we were rid of this guy. I was happy about it. He destroyed every baby face he ran into in terms of fan response because these top baby faces had to cower away in the fetal position in a corner from a guy out of shape guy in a rubber Halloween mask like teenagers that work in cheap haunted houses now he's back and just because this in-ring mediocrity Husky Harris Bray Wyatt goes on some sort of shopping spree it's spirit Halloween we have to watch all this bullshit again with all these people in an arena and and, oh god I didn't miss it. this crap and these insipid skits when he was gone i'm not enjoying these boring skits now i don't look forward to the inevitably disappointing and insulting matches to come this guy is untalented in the ring for the most part and on top of it all this stuff is boring now we've seen the same crap with his uncle howdy thing ugh Can't stand it. It's going to be, once he gets in the ring, we all know what's going to happen. We saw it for years with this guy. The match is going to be boring. It's going to be slow. It's going to be plotting. And it's going to be a big disappointment all over again. It's all this guy's capable of.
3: Damn. Steven just read Bray Wyatt for two straight minutes. And somewhere, Jeremy finds someone smiling like, yes, somebody's in my camp. He agrees with me because this is really, really bad. I'm on the fence still. We saw Uncle Howdy last night. That was kind of shitty because like, dude can't walk down the ramp. Is he just standing? That's not Bo Dallas. Okay, I'll still try to wait. LA Knight's trying his best, but we need something very soon from Bray in the Ring for me to try to buy into this presentation, this go around. But my worst feud and storyline of the year goes to to antagonize my co-host, He knows where I'm going with this. The worst feud of the year, in my eyes, is The Miz versus Dexter Loomis. At one point, it was a guilty pleasure of mine. And then this shit jumped the shark. And it's never recovered. And as I talk right now on this very show, we're going to have a ladder match with money bags hanging high above the ring with both dudes fighting for cash. And I don't give a shit. I don't care about the Miz hiring Dex Lumis as his stalker and then not paying him. And then Dexter taking the money and gambling, it at the, and gambling it at the poker table for reasons. And giving away toys and Christmas gifts to the fans. I don't care. This feud sucks and I cannot wait until it's over. May it die. A quick death. And now... Scott, silence! I'm I'm surprised. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. He allowed me listen, to <laughs> listen.
2: Listen. Oh, there it is. He was he was doing a slow burn on it. There listen, it was. Listen. A couple of things. First of all, first of all, I tried to be nice. I let it go. I was gonna let it roll. I was gonna I, move on. I thought you, know you were what? eating one of CM Punk's muffins for a second there. I said he's just quiet. I don't hear him. Actually. I got a bag of Skittles here, and I was I was about to start. I was about to put a couple
1: in my mouth and I'm about to get you about to get uh the antagonized Scott antagonized.
2: About <laughs> to have so, a late kilo cash. He's so pissed.
1: Couple couple things. Couple things. First of all, Miz can afford to lose a couple bags because he got bags. Okay, mm-hmm. I went over this with Kilo on the Patreon, so let me go over one of the free feed. If Miz ain't got the bag, Maurice got the bag. If Maurice ain't got the bag, Marjo got the bag. And if Marjo ain't got the bag, we all know George got a secret bag somewhere. Somebody in that household got the bag, okay? (laughs) I'm just saying. Secondly, I respect that. That was my second pick, was Miz versus Dexter Loomis as the worst feud of the year. But you don't – you don't have to be, be doing all that extra stuff talking. All you had to do was just say the pick. You didn't have to elaborate and give a description as to why and start going into details. Nobody asked for all that. You had to talk
3: about my guy like that. First of all, since you want to shoot me back. <laughs> so you want to shoot the shot back. See, you were silent for like 15 seconds, <laughs> which was a record for you. And you let it sit. And you let it rest. And that's the best you could come up with. And the fact you say that George has a bag of what? What does he have?
1: You don't remember his offer? food truck? You don't remember his food
3: truck? He got a yeah. bag of food waiting to be sold. <laughs> oh, boy. My God. That stale ass me. He's trying to sell off that truck. Stop. Mistakes. I'll oh, tell
2: you what, that silence God. though, once again when, when there was just no sound for a little while. And we were all like, you, you ever see like those documentaries on guys that disarm bombs, like the bomb squad guys. Yes. And they always say that like the most stressful moment is when nothing happens. That was that, <laughs> that was right. That was yes. right there.
3: I was astounded that he did not jump in immediately because I came for his guy and he does not have that on this show. <laughs> I thought he left the room. He was so traumatized. But nope, right on cue. He wouldn't let me have my moment. I went to go
1: get my Skittles so I could calm down. <laughs> I went to go get my Skittles. Let me, you know what? Let me pop a couple of Skittles in right now before you get me all upset.
3: Oh, no. Here comes that special audio sound of him opening the bag. Just to torment me even more. I, I just can't with you. But now... It's perfect timing he grabs that bag of Skittles because our favorite award is here and we had to retool it for this person because last year this was an award of shade and disrespect and we've shined it up real nice and we have given it some new life. It is now known as the Vaughn, the Vaughn Wagner Award of Excellence for Most Improved Star of the Year. That you've gone from Von Wagner bad to Von Wagner good. (laughs) Look at that. Look at the glow up. Look at the level up of you being mediocre to being actually decent. So Scott, who deserves the Von for 2022 for most improved?
1: I I don't know how you can pick anybody but Von Wagner. If you remember this dude's first match... (laughs) When he walked into the ring and that bug-eyed dude looked across the ring at the other three men and was like, oh, my God, what do I do? Yeah. And now you see him having really good singles matches with Braun Breaker and in a title match, holding his own, looking like a competent, ready-made big man. Yeah, for me, Von Wagner is the – Von Wagner wins the first Von the first good von
3: oh the, i like that the good von award <laughs> i like that so steven are you gifting von wagner with a good vonny
2: i have to agree with scott i came on this show and made fun of him too for looking like he was reading cue cards when there were no cue cards to read <laughs> and <laughs> which is a skill true. in and of itself to be honest i've never seen anybody do it in wrestling i was a little bit impressed in my own way but he has done a lot better. There's no question about it. He's improved a lot. I'll mention one other name here. Well, and I mentioned Tiffany Stratton earlier, who is improving, but you know that for this award, uh, you know, uh, maybe 2023 will be your year and could be, I do think that Ridge Holland has upped his mm. game quite a bit oh, and and wrestling day in and day out with Pete Dunn uh, and uh, Seamus. Uh, Bush, pardon me, uh, and and Seamus will help a guy. And he's been in there with good workers consistently as well, both uh, his partners and his opponents. And while Ridge isn't ready for some big singles, world title run, or anything like that, I do think he is several steps above where he was this time last year. So a bit of an honorable mention there to Ridge Holland, who is stepping up his game in this, uh, in this uh, brawling brutes gimmick.
1: I like that pick.
3: Me too. Now I'm confused now. I have three names swirling in my head for the Good Vonnie Award. It's Von Wagner, obviously, because listen, you got read on this show for weeks at a time for all of the wrong reasons, but you've improved. And I respect you for that, sir. Then I have Tiffany Stratton, who I read on this show too. And she's won me over by improving rapidly and being more than a daddy's girl. And then we have Rich Holland, who I have had smoke for All year long because of the biggie injury, but he's improved. I got to give him his due. He'll get 2.5 cheddar biscuits out of me, but it's not about that. I have to be fair. And I will give this award to Von Wagner. (laughs) Congratulations, sir. If you wore them cornrows on Tuesday, I would have gave it to Tiffany, but you (laughs) saved yourself from elimination. And I'm proud of you, Vaughn. You stepped up. You've made me proud. You don't have that scared look in your eyes anymore. You have confidence. Your gear's leveled up. You've gotten better. And I'm proud of you. You have a ways to go, but you leveled up, son. And for that, I'm so proud of you. And I proudly present to Vaughn the good Vonnie for most improved star in WWE. You wear them cornrows again. I'm taking the Vaughn back. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I, I ain't. I ain't. You wear them cornrows again. I'm taking it back.
2: And I think the more serious Mister Stone version of Robert Stone is a big improvement, also over the buffoon character. I, he's, he's not in the Von Wagner improvement category, and Von really has done a lot better. But uh, having the more serious, more more serious manager instead of the cartoon doofus that he was in uh, does help as well. You can take him a little more seriously with this version.
3: Absolutely. He's no longer giving me budget Tony Khan. Right. This is much better for him. Very proud of Mr. Stone. As we segue to now, the best entrance. I cheated for this category. Not going to lie. I told this off the air. I'm going to cheat. I have two picks (laughs) and I'm damn proud of it. But Steven, your pick for your favorite entrance from a WWE superstar this year?
2: There have been several good ones, but for me, this one was also pretty obvious. The Cody appearance at at WrestleMania, his entrance at WrestleMania, it had such an atmosphere to it because everyone was so anxious that it was going to be him. Is it going to be him? It's going to be him. I know it's going to be him. And then when that music hit, when the entrance hit, it had the feel of a real monster event because they didn't repackage him it wasn't different music. It was the same music. It was the same outfit. It was the same presentation. And it was great in that sense because it felt like a major AEW star was in WWE because it kind of was, but it wasn't like the, Oh, they put him back in the stardust, which we all knew We weren't going to do that, but had he come out to different music, had he come out in a whole different repackaged outfit, I don't think it would have had quite the same impact. And there it is. There's the guy that's been, that's him. The guy that's been main eventing for AEW, whether the fans in AEW wanted him to be or not. And it felt special. It was a big moment. It was a good match. For me, Cody walking down the aisle in that context, in that moment, I felt was the best entrance in WWE this year.
3: A fine pick. Scott, your selection for best entrance by a WWE star this year.
1: Yeah, Cody definitely made my uh my final ballot. Um it, it really came down to two people. Uh Drew McIntyre making his entrance in front of that that uh that crowd at the clash. I just mm-hmm. there was something really special about that. He had his old music he came out to, and you just you don't get to see or at least it doesn't. You don't see the top foreign. You don't see top guys, foreign guys, really get that homecoming in a big title match where they could legit in the historic reign. Like there was, it was that was a a perfect storm right there for Drew McIntyre. So that and then the Bray Wyatt entrance, like his return entrance, was incredible. Like it, the that sold the whole ple in my opinion like people were waiting for it they it it closed out the ple people don't even remember that riddle and seth rollins was the final match so it comes down to those two and when i you know I, i gotta flip a coin and i i'm gonna go with drew because that's a special entrance to have that in front of that home crowd and i just don't think we get those type of elements again so i'm gonna go with drew mcintyre's entrance at the clash
3: Hearing Broken Dreams made me so happy. I loved that song so much, and to have it retooled for Clash was amazing. But my cheat for this year comes from night one of WrestleMania, and it is, first, Bianca Belair's entrance with Hmm. that drum line. Yeah. I love it. Scott knows my love and affection for that entrance and her coming out. As the drum major, the gear, the beat, the entrance, everything was perfection. And I loved it. It was a homecoming. It was a beachella for Bianca Belair. And I loved it. Second, a tie. Cody Rose's entrance at WrestleMania. You know, this kind of production is why I think that WWE should go for Sports Emmy Awards. Because this was beautifully shot and directed a rare shout out to kevin dunn because you did the damn thing with this from the pyro the lights going out you hear there's more than one royal family and Mm. then you see cody coming from the cody vader perfectly he's coming through the smoke you see the gear the ugly tattoos on full display on the screen on his (laughs) neck you have seth standing there seething everything about this. You got the announcer sounding like Justin Roberts. You have the music. The people are going crazy. It gave me chills because it felt surreal. This guy was in AEW 90 days ago, and now he's in WWE at WrestleMania in a premier match against Seth Rollins, and it's just perfection. It was beautifully shot and produced. Two entrances back to back. I was blown away. I had chills. In fact, that same night I replayed those two matches and entrances and their entirety because it was that damn good.
2: We had some good ones this year. Right? I mean, everyone we mentioned were all fantastic and would have won in other years. It was just a really strong year for a presentation like that.
3: Yes. And shout out to Edge, too, at the Clash when they sang his song. And he was like, wow, that was pretty cool. That was <laughs> he He was Lucha Edge for five seconds. And I appreciated that, but great sing-along by those fans as well. Great show, by the way, which we'll get to possibly right now with pay-per-view of the year. The best PLE that WWE's produced on the cock. So, Steven, your pick.
2: I It came down to the two that it's probably going to come down to for everybody. I barely went with WrestleMania. Two nights. Steve Austin against Kevin Owens was wonderful. That was really well done. Uh, Bianca versus Becky was fantastic. Uh, Roman and Brock's thing, Cody's big return. It was just a strong two-night show. It's not easy to put together two pretty good nights. And there was some crap in there with Vince and Pat, no question. But uh, I really enjoyed Mania this year. It barely edged out because it was a two night thing. I gave it a nod over Clash, but both of those two events were really excellent. And uh, so I'm going to give it to Mania by an inch, but I'm going to enjoy hearing why Clash was the best because uh, I think it barely lost out. It was a heck of a great show and I enjoyed every minute of that one too. So I'll let you guys take it away on why I'm wrong.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, your pick for best PLE of the year from WWE.
2: I, I don't
1: necessarily think you're wrong. Um, I, I personally picked night one uh, for WrestleMania, but if I can combine the two, I, I think it's a shoo-in when you combine the two nights, like you got everything you could possibly ask for when you look at those nights, especially both cards. Um, you know, I I think uh, another one that, another one for me personally that I just, I couldn't stop thinking about when I was thinking about this was, and I know it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea because it is the blood money pay-per-view, but I thoroughly enjoyed the crown jewel. And a big part of that was that Logan Paul Roman Reigns match. It just really stands out. Um, but the clash is, the clash was a great pay-per-view as well again all the elements add to it but you're just you're not you're not going to top stone cold coming back you're just there's nothing you could do to top that except bringing the rock back and you know what i mean and even that i don't think does the same thing because stone cold hasn't been wrestling for decades so yeah and i'll even go specifically night 1 was probably the best one night pay-per-view they had all year
3: I'm going to make it unanimous. WrestleMania. I will give it the entire weekend. I thought it was a great piece of business by WWE. Scott and I talked about this on a Patreon. This was a statement of how to do it big and do it better. And WWE did just that. I go to when I saw the, really the staging for this year's WrestleMania. I love the set design. It was simplistic, but how they used a board for entrances. I thought it was cool. Sleek. The card held up. I know there was some pushback on social media. We held the line every single week saying, trust us, you're not going to be disappointed. I know that the Warrior Rumble bit us in the ass, but this year's WrestleMania, I think it's going to be one of the better shows we've seen by WWE in years. And we were right. From Bianca versus Becky Lynch, to Cody versus Seth, to Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens, to a really underrated match in hindsight, it was RK Bro, the Street Profits and Alpha Academy for the Raw Tag team championships to Triple H's opening, a night tour of WrestleMania. So many great moments really buoyed this WrestleMania. And we had Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, in another matchup that felt tired, but refreshed due to Cowboy Brock Lesnar being charismatic, being funny, being an absolute badass. So I just saw combined WrestleMania was by far the best show of the year. But Clash at the Castle. Their card of crowd was incredible. They were into everything and you felt it. And I love the set too. It was different from what you would see from a normal PLE, from WWE. Atmospherically, I thought that was a fantastic show. But for me, in terms of presentation and the ambiance, it goes to WrestleMania the entire weekend. As we now move on to our next category for the rap awards, we now have... The Guilty Pleasure of the Year, it is not Ezekiel, Scott. That is not my Guilty Pleasure, despite <laughs> me talking about it earlier. It might be a runner-up as I thought, as I fawned over it, but no. So, Scott, your pick for your Guilty Pleasure of 2022.
1: It's somebody I've been raving about for weeks. Um, he's becoming one of my favorite wrestlers to watch. I will tune in if he has a match. I will make sure to go out of my way to tune in to see it. JD McDonough has become just one of my favorite things, like just to watch. When it comes to wrestling, I love watching him wrestle. His the way he attacks Blim's and the way he talks about it, just the way he carries himself. The walking head is a problem in the ring. Let's <laughs> that's just, that's just call it like it is. He is a problem in the ring. Um, but yeah, he, he's my guilty pleasure. I, I go out of my way to watch his matches. And when he's matched up against somebody exciting, I get really excited. Like whenever we get the, the J.D. I want the J.D. Him, give me that as a series. You know, Like that's that's the type of thing where they could really do some fun stuff because they're so creative. He's, he's so good in the ring.
3: I got to hand it to you. That's a pretty good pick. He has grown on me a lot in the last few months or so. He's figured the character out. He's a highlight on NXT TV in the ring. Really good. I will no longer call him budget Finn Balor. He's beaten that rep. And he's really been a bright spot on NXT TV for the past few months. Steven, your pick for guilty pleasure of the year from WWE.
2: I took this category very literally. There was something that I enjoyed that I absolutely felt guilty about. As I come in here and say that I don't like Bray Wyatt and the supernatural stuff, and I don't like the foolishness, and I don't like the food fights and Thanksgiving and all this stuff. What did I really enjoy this year, Keela? I really liked the Johnny Knoxville-Sammy Zayn match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't like that I did, but man, I did. It was so entertaining, and I figure, you know what? If you're going to go crazy, go crazy. And that match was nuts. I mean, it had all the props. It had Wee Man doing a picture-perfect body slam on Sammy, Sammy <laughs> Zayn, which popped me. Um, so many of the characters from Jackass. Yeah, you know, I used to watch Jackass. Of course I did, you know, back then. And it was just a lot of fun. And I couldn't put my finger on it necessarily. My girlfriend helped me out with it. Now, my girlfriend is a very casual wrestling fan like she will enjoy it and she's been to japan with me and went to shows there and she's been to shows here with me and you know she's in the room she doesn't follow the storylines week to week but she's you know she i appreciate her outside thing she said that match was exactly as believable but much more entertaining than barbed wire thumbtacks and tables and chairs matches she just said she enjoyed watching that and she felt it was exactly as believable as those. And that kind of hit home for me. I was just like, well, you know what? That was just 10 minutes where I was smiling the whole time. And yes, it was zany and no, the mousetrap didn't really work in the end, uh, which is unfortunate because it was kind of the finish. But overall I spent that entire time with a grin plastered to my face, which I guess in the end is exactly what they were supposed to be doing.
3: It was a spectacular mess of a match <laughs> I loved it I fond over it I adore Johnny Knoxville who looks a lot like Timothy, Timothy Olafan. I still hang on to that every day because he does for whatever reason and Sami Zayn was a pro's pro and the entire Jackass crew wrote great sports about this a highlight for night two of Wrestlemania but for me my guilty pleasure once again it's not Ezekiel okay it is the awesomeness of Chase University. Ah, oh, yes. My, my honorable mention. Wonderful. Yes. The best fake for profit college in America. <laughs> Andre Chase is amazing. I miss Bodie Hayward. But Thea Hale mm-hmm. and Duke Hudson are gifts to this world in their roles. Because Thea is just broad enough not to cross the line of being annoying. It's <laughs> right on the razor's edge and it's perfect. And Duke, who I love, is great in this role too. And I, I popped Jeremy a couple of weeks ago because I brought this up out of nowhere. They remind me of Sherry O'Terry and Real Farrell from Saturday Night Live, the Spartan cheerleaders. <laughs> They're that out there, whacked out, amazing, and I adore them. And every time Andre chases, says, You see H A S. I'm all in we got the fake prep rally section I love this from the fake ass dorm rooms to the classroom to the cheering section it is the best thought out concept in WWE and it's from everybody involved Walker Texas HBK good work because at first it wasn't feeling it but Andre Chase and his entire fake ass college is a winner in my book at Bayside High I didn't dream
2: that Chase would work as a baby face, but he absolutely does. And Thea Hale as the woman more in dire need of decaf coffee than any human <laughs> being in history is really hitting home. I'm, I'm, It's a great choice. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And, and if, I did not think I would enjoy Andre Chase, but I, I sure do.
3: He's great. A great wrestler, by the way, as well, as we found out on TV this year. So great, great angle, guilty pleasure. As we segue to the best moment in WWE this year, a standout that gave us chills, that made us feel good. that says, wow, this is WWE at their best. So, Steven, your pick for the best moment this year in uh, WWE. Well, I
2: picked one that we sort of discussed a little bit earlier. It was, for me, the Steve Austin-Kevin Owens match at WrestleMania, I thought that this over-delivered in a way that was not easy to do. You had the anticipation of Steve Austin coming back. You had Kevin Owens. The fans were rabid for this. And, of course, they're in Texas. It's Steve Austin. The fans would have been rabid for it anywhere. But you put it in Dallas, it amps it up a notch. The fans love Kevin Owens no matter what he does. He, they, he trashed him. They didn't care. They still love KO but you sense that the fans were happy for Kevin being in this spot because they knew what it meant to Kevin, whether he said it out loud or not, you know, this is his hero and he's going to get to do this thing. So when he said, I'm not here to interview you, I'm here for a fight. It's exactly what we wanted. Then Steve Austin was able to go out there and have a pretty decent brawl with Kevin Owens and did far more than in the ring physically than anyone thought You know, it ends up with the whole beer shower. If Kevin Owens and Steve Austin had just talked for a while and he stunned Kevin Owens once and drank a beer, people still would have been happy. Instead, we got that entire segment, a brawl through the crowd. Kevin Owens getting to have his dream match with one of his heroes. So it's a guy that is an all-time legend against a guy that's becoming a legend and someone the fans love, having the time of their lives, and everybody was going right along for the ride with them. That, I felt, was a very special moment for two guys that are special to the WWE universe. So I, I loved every second of it. It was more than I thought we were going to get. And it delivered every step of the way. Totally happy with it. It was my favorite moment of the year.
3: A great pick. Totally a great Stone Cold coming back first time in 19 years in a ring and wrestling. And then as the match went on, he just found his groove. He got comfortable and remembered, damn, I'm pretty good at this. And he... Was great and Kevin Owens was phenomenal in his role as well. So Scott, your pick for the best moment of the year from WWE?
1: Yeah, it was for me. It was only two moments that um, Bianca Belair uh, cementing herself as the you know as the number one woman on the roster, beating Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, and watching that crowd rise to their feet when she picked up Becky Lynch. That's every time I, I I've watched that match, Look, I've watched her matches at WrestleMania a couple of times. And every time I see her pick up Becky Lynch and that crowd rise with her, it's, it's goosebumps inducing, but I'm with Steven. Um, for me personally, that stone cold match was a lot. was really special because I didn't watch wrestling at the time when stone cold was hot, when stone cold was stone cold and, you know, you can go back and watch stuff and, you know, and because and, 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 you know how it turned out and see things like that. But there's something about being in the moment and living in the moment as he's becoming the legend that he is that, that's special about it. So for me to be in the moment and see him be that legend in the moment was really special. So, yeah, that that's the best moment for me in WWE. A
3: fine pick as well. It would not be unanimous for me, even though I loved Stone Cold versus KO at WrestleMania night one. My pick, I'm going to give another award to Cody Rhodes in his return at WrestleMania. Just gives me chills every time I see it. How it was shot, produced, the pyro. Five million dollars, the pyro, went off for Cody's entrance, and I lived. And it was great. It was surreal for me watching it. It gave me chills every time I see it. I get goosebumps. And it was just my favorite moment of the year. Cody's return to WWE. What a time to be alive. And it was well worth the wait of wondering, will it be Jacksonville? Will it be Chicago? Will it be Boston? No, it was WrestleMania. And it was the perfect setting for the ultimate surprise for night one of Mania. As we move on to Breakout star of the year, someone that came out of nowhere and left a mark in the best possible way. Scott, your pick for breakout star of the year.
1: This was a really hard one for me. I um, you know, I had Roxanne Perez is is definitely on the list as my break as one of the breakouts. And this pick is probably not gonna be a sexy pick, and most people are probably gonna be like, what are you talking about? My breakout star this year is actually going to be Riddle. I thought what Riddle was able to do this year and this is something I talked about last year when we when they were in the middle of the RK Bro story, um Riddle would be established in the main event. Now he's not quite established in the main event, but he has more than proven himself as a main eventer. Um his match with Roman Reigns for that undisputed title was excellent. Drew a nice rating. Um, him and Randy Orton had a great run as RK bro. That whole story was one of the best stories going in WWE at the time. And I genuinely think he's established himself um, or had before, you know, he took his little took his hiatus, established himself as a top tier guy. He beat Seth Rollins in the fight pit. You know, let's, let's not forget that he beat Rollins in the fight pit. So I, my breakout is Matt Riddle.
3: A good pick. I like it. Steven, your selection for breakout star of the year. It, it's
2: a tricky one because there are a lot of contenders. You mentioned Roxanne Perez. I had her on my short list as well. Um, and there are a few people in NXT that are showing, uh, that are showing real potential right there. But as far as just a breakout star goes, I came back to one guy. He's not a full-timer, but Logan Paul. I mean, who has been this good this early in their career? There aren't very many people that are having full-length matches. He has a real aptitude for pro wrestling. It's not just that he has that natural kind of heel persona, even though he's... But he did all right as a babyface against Roman. Uh, Roman's not the the biggest heel in the world because the fans have started to turn and like the bloodline, of course, because the story's been so good, but it's one thing to be a celebrity and do some choreographed spots and you know, bad bunny did fairly well. And Stephen Amell, if you remember from green arrow and the TV show heels on stars had a match in WWE. It was terrific. It really did a good job, but it's another to have good long matches right off the bat. Logan Paul's had what three and all three of them have been really, really pretty good. And, and one of them flat out, excellent. And, I just don't know who's been that good that early in three matches. I mean, it's like Kurt angle and June Akiyama that I can think of that are that good that quickly. So I was impressed. I'm not the biggest fan of the guy personally and what, and his work online. I I think he's, it's a lot of it is very tacky and, and kind of trolly and and things. So I'm, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of he or his brother. I cannot deny that when he does go in there, he performs, he performs well and his matches have been good. So Uh, he main-evented that Saudi Arabia show, and I think if it it was so good that if he comes back and when his knee is healed up, you can put him in almost any situation and he will at least be a solid attraction and people will look at it and say, the Logan Paul match is probably going to be pretty good because all of them have been. So for me, that was the biggest surprise as far as a breakout star, somebody I did not see coming as a person whose matches I would look forward to.
3: And I have to co-sign with Steven. My breakout star of the year is also Logan Paul. He is not my favorite person Mm -hmm. at all. I don't like him very much. But as a wrestler, I respect him in every way. There is a respect he has for this craft that I have to acknowledge and commend. He carried Miz to a four-star match. Stop it. There he is. Yeah, he, there he, he is.
1: He, I, ain't, he, I can't let that one go. I, can't, I can't, Listen, listen, listen. A couple things. First of all, first of all,
2: he did. He totally did.
1: First of all, he did not. He did not. Okay. He did not. Yes, he did. Miz, Miz is. You mentioned Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny had a real good match. You know who was there in that Bad Bunny match? The Miz. Logan Paul. <laughs> He had a good match at WrestleMania. You know who was in that match? The Miz. He had a good match at SummerSlam. You know who was in that match? The Miz. I'm just saying, man. Y'all gonna put some respect on that man's name.
3: Now, to clap back at you, my dear, late co-host. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Scott. We we hardly knew you. Yeah, these Lakers just put you in the ground real quick. Sorry, my apologies to you. About to raise my hand about the dirt like The Undertaker. Oh, shit. Oh, great. Where's the dirt so I can bury you again so you can't come back anymore? But in all seriousness, you know, to refute Scott's allegations, and I love Bad Bunny, but Bad Bunny was about the spots. Yeah. Logan Paul. No No doubt shockingly enough is about the moves between the notes and there is a psychology there that is remarkable for his love of experience, and that he's not in his head thinking spot, spot, spot. There is a love of fluidity to his matches that are captivating to watch. And this guy's really good. The match at Crown Jewel against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship blew my mind. I was done after the Buckshot Lariat. I was really done when the dude took a selfie and he splashed Roman Reigns through the announce table and ended Austin Theory's gimmick of being the selfie king. That takes power and there's levels to this that I, must ex- that I must respect and acknowledge. And then my cold, black, icy heart felt bad when we thought he tore up his knee. I said, no, we need you back. <laughs> and he's going to be back very soon. I don't like you as a person, but as a wrestler, I will give you unlimited cheddar biscuits or lobster. I cannot lie. I cannot lie about that. But he is my breakout star of the year. He is really, really good at this professional wrestling thing. And he did carry The Miz to his best match in WWE. No lie.
1: That was not The Miz's best match in WWE. It wasn't? No. Are you sure about that? Absolutely not. Top five. But definitely not his best.
2: I mm.
3: Well...
1: His there match versus that- his match versus Dolph Ziggler, career versus title, was okay. better than that. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. right. okay, okay. Right. I'll All give right. you
3: that, and I right. will give you his 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 contributions to that fatal four way with Claudio, KO, Sammy, and himself.
1: His match with Daniel Bryan at Summerslam when Daniel Bryan came back, and the one when he was IC champion and Daniel Bryan, no, with it for the US title at uh, at um, Clash of the Champions was also better than that too, in my opinion.
3: I'll give you moderate credit. Maybe I overspoke because I don't like the Ms. Like Listen,
1: that. y'all know I got my Ms. Catalog ready to go.
3: Oh, we knew that's why we asked. We kn- we—you kn- know <laughs> this man is a damn encyclopedia of Ms. Matches that's his guy, ride or die. He was ready too. He was like Inspector Gadget. Let me go back in the Rolodex and find out exactly the record. Rolodex.
2: <laughs> I'm surprised we didn't get exact dates and the time the match began
3: <laughs> I know, right? Eight forty-seven p.m. In.
2: He had a three and a half star match <laughs> with. No, 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 no. no, no. Listen, he don't have that many. Three and a half is a lot. That's not no, he doesn't it's have not that many three now. and a half star matches. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not getting crazy, right. crazy now. <laughs> yeah, no, pardon me. <laughs>
3: I like how you can shade your guy and celebrate him at the same. time. <laughs> he's Listen, like, wait a minute, pause.
2: I'm a realist. I'm a realist. That's, that's why his body is so cut. He's not full of carbs from all the cheddar biscuits. He doesn't get that many.
3: Oh,
2: he's married. He can't have any.
1: You can't have yeah. any. Maurice cut it out. You can't Maurice
3: could cook those cheddar biscuits from home. They have the the at home recipe at the store.
2: Yeah, if I were him and Maurice told me not to eat something, I would. I would. I would I follow instructions. Either. I would follow instructions. Mm-hmm. Cause she handles
1: the bag. Won't even, somebody got, somebody got, I'm telling you, somebody got the bag. She
3: said bag. <laughs> Y'all wrong. Steven. I'm, I'm sorry. So disappointed i
2: disappointed in you. It's like 1.15 in the morning. I'm, I'm down to caffeine. Horny
3: hours came into effect an hour and a half into this show, which is a record for us. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it must be acknowledged. We're now down to our final three categories for the Rap Awards 2022. Next up is Feud and or Best Storyline of the Year. The best thing that held the glue together on WWE television this year. The award goes to... Scott, you go first.
1: For a good portion of the year, I'm going to be honest, it was RK-Bro, but
2: it is Sami Zayn and The Bloodline.
3: All right, Steven, your pick.
2: Oh, yeah, it's Sami Zayn The Bloodline. I mean, my goodness. A year ago, we were sitting here intrigued by finding out where paul Heyman's loyalties were in the brock lesnar roman reigns saga and all it did was morph into something more intriguing with more characters solo sokoa added sammy Zayn's work with uh jay and jimmy and this whole thing has been terrific week after week all year long it's the best thing in a North American pro wrestling. MJF has done some terrific stuff in AEW. There's nothing on par with this. This is in a class by itself.
3: And I will make it unanimous. It is the bloodline and the Sami Zayn saga rode into one. Sami Zayn breathed new life into the bloodline via his need, via his need to be accepted, to be wanted, to be loved, to be a part of a clique. And it is the best damn thing going in professional wrestling today. They're rolling to the Royal Rumble and ultimately WrestleMania season. And I'm going to be Usi all day long. And I will always marvel at the time Sammy broke Roman Reigns and Jay at the same time. Pure comedy gold. And that is why this is the best damn storyline going in the game today. As we segue to our last two awards. First up. Match. Of the year, Steven, your pick.
2: Boy, there were some good ones, and I, I looked at a few that I'm sure they're going to be mentioned. Becky and Bianca's worth mentioning. Cody versus Seth, hell in a cell, was incredible for what it was and what it meant, and how the gutsy performances from both men. My favorite match of the year, though, boy, was Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash at the Castle. I freaking love that match. I thought it was so good. Everything you would want, it was st- stiff as hell, it was intense. Uh, It had the right crowd work. That crowd was into everything, of course, but they love Sheamus in that thing. The atmosphere was wonderful in that stadium. We kind of had a feeling of what that match is going to be. There's only one type of match Gunther and Sheamus are going to have on a big stage like that. But that comes with its own liabilities there. You have to then deliver. Well, both of them did. Both guys brought it. Uh, the energy was there, and it was my favorite match of the year to watch. It was almost 20 minutes, which is long for a non-main event WWE match, and uh, it could have gone on another 20, and I'd have been happy with it. I, I love this one. There were other great contenders, but this was my favorite match of the year.
3: It was glorious, a glorious, beautiful, brutal match between two hosses who I adore very much, but Scott, your selection for your favorite WWE match of
1: 2022. Yeah, Seamus Gunther. Um, just just a great, great matchup. Lived up and exceeded the hype. Um, I just want to give a couple shout-outs. We've talked about it, so I won't say too much. The Logan Paul Roman match, that was excellent. And another kind of maybe forgotten match, um, I want to give some love to the tag, some tag teams. That triple threat tag team match on Monday Night Raw between RK Bro... Alpha Academy and KO and Seth Rollins was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Orton hit an RKO on Chad Gable as he was coming off the top rope on a moonsault. Mm
2: -hmm. Just just Mm.
1: an incredible, incredible match. And then I have to mention the Usos versus the Street Profits at oh was it money in the bank
3: it was
1: it yes was. and i think they had like a 30 minute match that was one of the best tag matches they've had so um yeah shame is gunther for me but like you said steven there have been some wwe really seemed like they picked it up this year when it comes to the in-ring work mm, yeah it's been a very strong year
3: yes and in any other year i would pick gunther and Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship at Clash of the Castle. It was a brutal, beautiful match. But I have to go to my heart and my feeling in the moment, and it is a match that Steven mentioned. It is it is Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell at Hell in a Cell. Because we heard the news the day of the show that Cody tore his peck. Yeah. And we thought, how in the hell... Are we going to have this main event? This must be short business. Oh no, Cody comes out and he takes off the jacket. Uh-huh. And this crowd in Chicago is hushed, silent. His chest is purple. He's turned into Vecna from Stranger Things season four. <laughs> it is disturbing. And this match had me on the edge of my seat because they did everything they intended to do. And it earned all five stars. And what's crazy is if he wasn't hurt, they would have gotten even more stars because it was already great to begin with, which is scary. It was just something to behold. This guy's chest kept getting purpler and purpler. If that's a word, it was just a gnarly affair. Seth, is amazing. Cody is amazing. This match, for me, was the best WWE match of the year. For the what the fuck is going on, but damn it, it's amazing at the exact same time.
2: Yeah, that's really well said. I'm glad you mentioned Seth as well because Cody rightfully gets a, a lot of the the props for it, and he deserves it. What a gutty gutsy performance! But he couldn't have done it without Seth being that professional and that careful. Yet still looking aggressive, I mean Seth's offense did not look like he was handling Cody with kid gloves, but he stayed off of that injury so effectively while still sometimes working it like when he would he just kind of carefully put that cane on it and 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 acted like he was pressing into it to sell that but other than that stayed away from it i mean just a And that's not something they had two weeks to plan. They had to come up with that very, I mean, I know it happened before it was announced, but they didn't have a ton of time to figure out how to work that match. And both of those guys came up with something very, very special.
3: And after all of this time, Cody finally hit the pedigree. (laughs) Yes, He hit it. I was so happy. Oh, what an amazing match. And now it is time for our final award. The most important award for the rap awards. It is superstar of the year, the highest honor we can give a star who has stood out above the rest for the year. Steven, your pick for superstar of the year.
2: My first instinct was to go straight to Roman Reigns, who just has such a regal, a regal presentation, just a regal air about him. The atmosphere is different when he is in the building, when he comes out in front of the crowd He is excellent on the microphone. He comes off as a king. But you know what? For me, the superstar of the year, the person I haven't been able to take my eyes off is Sammy. And he's just been so great all year. He went through that. He carried the Johnny Knoxville storyline right through WrestleMania and came up with something very entertaining. My guilty pleasure of the year. Then he starts building into this bloodline thing. And. I love the depth of it. I love the way he got in with the bloodline initially. I love the dynamic that Jimmy liked him, but Jay didn't. I loved when they had the big confrontation. He was made the honorary oose by saying that he, I don't understand why you don't like me, Jay. I like you. It, it had a depth to it that not all storylines get to that layers of feelings going on within the group. And when Jay lost his temper and said he didn't give a damn what the tribal chief thought, it was Sammy that jumped in front of of uh, Roman and said, no, 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 he doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean that. He, his acting has been strong. The crowd is just rooting for him to get in with these guys in a way that you don't see very often. I, I've just been blown away by, I, I've loved Sammy since he was El Generico, but... This has been such a special year for the guy, and to see him involved in the main angle has been very satisfying for me. So while Roman's been wonderful and the Usos have been great, everyone involved in this has been terrific, I'm just so happy for him. He's my superstar of the year.
3: A fine selection. I love Sami Zayn, Sami Uso, the honorary Uso. Great work by Sami, carrying a lot of storylines in WWE this year. Late Scott, your pick for superstar of the year. So, you know, since, uh,
1: since Steven's not picking Roman, I'm, I'm cool with going against the grain. I'll take Seth Rollins. Um, I think he's been absolutely incredible with everything he's done. And he has literally gone up and down the card. He has gone from, um, tagging with Kevin Owens, going for the tag titles, To going after the U.S. title, to having a serious, you know, very personal feud with Matt Riddle, uh, all the while being able to wear the most ridiculous outfits. Even last week, (laughs) pulling out (laughs) Becky Lynch's fishnets that uh, that she had in the (laughs) bag tucked away, And, and this man is still. Getting cheered to the point where the audience comes out and they're singing his song. Like this dude is literally telling people in the middle of their promos, hey, hold on one second, real quick, and is waving his fingers while <laughs> orchestrating the audience. I I think Seth Rollins has been absolutely incredible. And when it comes when it comes to Roman Reigns, in my opinion, his most intriguing story was Seth Rollins. I, Like Everything Seth Rollins touches, everything he does is interesting. The U.S. title is interesting because Rollins wants a part of it. Austin Theory is being elevated because he's working with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is my superstar of the year.
3: Oh, man. That's such a great argument. Mm -hmm. And I am tempted to change my pick. But I'm going to stay strong. And I'm going to go with the anchor, the ace, the crown jewel of WWE who's never missed, no matter the assignment, no matter the role she's given, I'm giving this honor to Bianca Belair from WrestleMania to Hell in a Cell to SummerSlam to Extreme Rules to Crown Jewel to Survivor Series, to Monday Night Raw's in between. She has been consistent, she's been great, and she has elevated everyone she's worked with. She's been dominant and it's been great. Every time she's on the cusp of losing, she finds a way to win and the fans rise to their feet every single time. That is her power. I'm proud to say Seth would be my runner up. From his trolling entrance, at the Royal Rumble, as a member of the S.H.I.E.L.D., full-on gear, being a troll, to his trilogy against Seth Rollins, against Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash, and Hell in a Cell, to his work against Riddle, to his work against Bobby Lashley, to, to Austin Theory Now once again, all excellent work by Seth Rollins. But my award for Superstar of the Year goes to the EST, Bianca Belair. And with that, this is a wrap on the 2022 Rap Awards. Congratulations to all of the winners and in some cases, losers if you (laughs) won worst award honors to kick off our awards show. We got through it It was a lot of fun and it was a nice walk down memory lane celebrating the best and worst moments of WWE this year. As we officially put a wrap on this week's wrap right here on the Fiky Media Network. I want to thank Steven and Tardy Scott Young for joining me as always as we recap the very best and worst of WWE for the week and of course for the year as well.
1: It's always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Hopefully I'll be on time next time. Well, it'll be 2023 the next time that we record a, a fresh new episode uh, for the free feed on on the wrap. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope everyone has a, a great holiday. Enjoy your, your New Year's. And uh, I'm looking forward to a great year of WWE under the Triple H regime. We'll see if things change. And, Stephen, I look forward to talking to you again in 2023 as well.
2: Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate being here again. I always enjoy it, and I'm just glad that uh, you being late didn't make me too late to return this tux on time, or else would have cost another thirteen fifty. <laughs> because you know, and I, I can't be spending that kind of money around the holidays. So, well, I think I can get it in under the wire. But I appreciate it. It's always fun to be here. I look forward to next time.
3: Loved having you here as always, and I want to thank every single listener for listening to us for the past year or so. We have enjoyed banging out these episodes every single week, not only on the free feed, but the Patreon as well. The Throwback Show is always a lot of fun. And the weekly recaps with Scott and our collection of guest hosts have been truly amazing. And I thank all of you for tuning in. Your support means a lot. Enjoy your holiday season. We're going to take a couple of weeks off, but we'll be back. New Year's Day-ish if Gigi drops the episode with a little hybrid of a throwback show and whatever's going to happen on SmackDown to wrap up the year 2022 for WWE. Most likely in our place next week is a classic throwback from maybe around the War Games period for Survivor Series with J.D. Olivia on our side as we chop things up at War Games 92 And 2019 as we hit the present day for this year's pay-per-view, which went down in Boston. I hope you enjoy it when it drops in a free feed just in time for your Christmas. Until then, enjoy your Christmas and your holiday season for myself, for Steven, and for Tardy Scott Young. That is a wrap for the year 2022 for WWE. Take care.
0: God bless. Bye-bye